You know, Mom, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. I want to do nothing. I want to be nothing. <laughs> oh, Kelly, you make me so proud. I just wish your father could be here to hear that. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a woman? No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Jerry, Justin, and Al. What's up, guys? The Married Children Podcast is back. We're in sugar comas, and we are in the nudie bar live. Let me introduce everybody. My name is Al. I am joined by the guy who comes home with new clothes every night but never asks for money, Jerry. What's up, dude? Uh, nothing much, man. You know, you don't uh, ask questions. I don't ask for money. I feel like it's a good policy. Yeah, it's a good trade-off. Yeah, works out. I'm also joined by the guy who has sex with the woman who bakes the cookies, Justin. What's up, man? I'm just saying, you know, if, if you actually bake the cookies, then we have a good shot at hooking up. Because if you don't bake the cookies, well, that's just that's just lazy. Lazy while baking, lazy in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, guys, we are talking about Season 3, Episode 12, My Mom, The Mom. This original air date was... February 26, 1989, Kelly invites Peggy to her school as part of a presentation for career day. So this episode starts off with a pretty iconic image because you see this image of Peg Bundy everywhere. That whole thing where she's passed out on the couch. She has like a candy bar hanging out of her mouth. (laughs) Nothing but junk food everywhere. (laughs) What is Peg doing exactly is... Is she just binging? Yeah, but it's hilarious because they're like, and today on Oprah, uh, is sugar comas affecting the household? And she's obviously in a sugar coma right now. (laughs) Yeah, it's a real epidemic. Like, who would even report that? How would Donahue know about that? Oh, he he didn't. Oprah got the scoop on him. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Oprah, right. Uh, Like, it's so funny. Like, how would that become public knowledge? Al comes home and plays Peg like a puppet, like a ventriloquist, in a way. She's not talking. She's just doing the nodding and all that. Ah, Peg, are y'all worn down from cooking and scrubbing and cleaning? (laughs) Making this house the palace that it is? (laughs) You know, you're amazing. I just can't get over you. How do you do it? (laughs) Honey, you always wanted to go to Europe. What do you say I put you in a box and ship you overseas? Come on, my little death certificate. What do you say? She wakes up in the midst of this and screams about having the... Oh, no, no. She's like half uh, talking in her sleep. Oh, Mom. I had the most horrible dream. I was married to a shoe salesman and we lived... (laughs) What? true oh hi honey i was 
just dreaming about you. Were you in it or was I having a good time? <laughs> Do you think that she just eventually woke up and realized what Al was doing and just wanted to, like, give him a jab back? Like, could she have genuinely been having this dream? I want to say that she was doing it to mess with him just because there is a scene where he, when he makes her shrugs, if you watch her hands, her hands do move on their own almost in a way like it wasn't just because her arms moved, but because she was doing the shrug. Like, it, like I don't know if she it was a mistake and she did it self-consciously or if that's a tip that she is awake and is about to mess with him. I don't know. Y'all, the audience will have to tell me. No, I, I mean, I, I think that she was kind of messing with him. It, it it would seem too on point, like right. convenient for it to not <laughs> it not be a jab, right? Yeah. Now there's snow in the backyard. Did you guys notice this? Yes, yeah, I, did. I did. I actually, um, when I went back to watch it a second time, right before we got on, I was watching like the first five minutes, and I was like looking in their backyard to see if it was snow because of the rest of the episode talking about how cold it is. Right. Whether it's 12 degrees or 6 degrees in someone's living room, whatever. Uh, so there's snow in the backyard. Bud's jacket costs $60. <laughs> uh, kids, I hardly ever say this, but it's good to see you. I got something I got to tell you. Oh, please. This isn't going to be another one of those there's only enough food for three lectures, is it? <laughs> No, it's not that. I want everybody to know that they have a security guard patrolling the wishing well around the mall, so money will be a little tight for a while. <laughs> Until old dad learns how to jimmy those pay phones. Everybody understand? Well, good. Good. It's good. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Can you imagine Al sitting there scooping money up out of the wishing what is he Corey feldman he's gonna keep this one this one's his and this wish never came true so he's taking them all back he's taking it back he's taking them all back <laughs> greatest ever. Only you know many times back I, what was done you know, to him i quote that movie so many times man <laughs> in regular day life and people are looking at me like like i'm going to i'm going to up here it's their time oh you know? i say that and too people, people look at me like i'm so stupid I, i'll be like come on man the goonies it's our time it's our time down here up there it's their time <laughs> that is the funniest quote when no one knows what you're yeah. talking about uh God, that's amazing. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> Bud, take your jacket. I don't have one. What do you mean you don't have one? I just bought you one last week. I guess I left it somewhere. You don't leave a jacket. You leave your hopes, your dreams, if you're lucky, your family. <laughs> but uh, you've got to take care of your jacket. Al, just get him another jacket. Well, excuse me, miss, why don't I get a W-2 form? <laughs> now, kids, sit up. How are you ever going to learn responsibility? Do you know what I had to do as a kid to earn money to get a jacket? I had to shovel coal, carry ice, dig ditches, pump gas. Nobody knows the trouble uh, he's <laughs> Nobody knows his sorrow. Thank you very much, Bundy Glee Club. <laughs> oh, and by the way, Peg, wait a parent. How much is a jacket? $60. $60. You know how much a jacket was when I was a kid? Nobody knows the trouble you see. Okay, okay, okay. When Al is describing his trials and tribulations, everybody starts belting out this song, Nobody Knows the Trouble I've Seen. 
See, when whenever I hear that song, I automatically think of the scene from Spaceballs where Princess Vespa is singing it. Oh, okay. You know, it's amazing Kelly's the good one now. She comes home with new clothes, but she never asks for money. Thank you, Princess, for taking care of your stuff. So I, I, I think if you stop, if it, you know, this show ever gave you a second to think about anything uh, without going to something else, I think what we'd have to sit there and ponder is, I'm guessing that that means that Kelly uh, has relations with a, a guy in high school, and then when they're done, her clothes are mixed in with possibly other girls' clothes who were in that room prior to... I didn't think of it How, that way. Yeah, I thought they, of it either A, she's stealing, which is the unlikely option, or B, uh, she got a sugar daddy. Yeah, I'm with Justin. Those are the only two options that popped in my head. I don't know what kind of weird uh, orgy she's going to where she's jacking other chicks' clothes. I think that I thought that's what that means. Like, why she never alluded to having a sugar daddy yet? She will down the road, but not yet. Well, she's in high school now. It's, it's probably small time sugar daddy stuff, or at but I, because I'm, I'm with Justin, I don't think it's stealing, though it could be. It could be. Why not? They steal gas out of people's car. Well, sure. yeah, but that's their. That's just neighborly fun. <laughs> well, either way, uh, now Peg has to. You know, when you know Mother Career Day or whatever pops up, there's nothing for Peg to talk about. So instead of offering to have her go there and talk about anything kelly says well my mom's uh, good for baking for this place which makes no sense i mean she's she would be just as productive talking about her career as she would baking she does neither so it, it is odd that kelly's mind went there instead but uh peg straps on an apron regardless and <clears throat> agrees to cook or bake 800 cookies by tomorrow. I like how she originally was like, let's see, 80 cents per cookie. Like she was going to buy them, then she asked for a thousand. And I'm like, that's way overshooting it. If it's literally less than a dollar a cookie, that means you barely need $800. Even with tax, you barely need $800. <laughs> well, she really needs 640. So plus tax. Plus tax, right. Well, how more Bundy can you get than rolling your father? And it was good because he just came off that very funny joke about, uh, Miss, do you know where my mom is? This show does that. Well, it will do it. I, I'm not sure if that joke has happened before where the kids act like they don't recognize someone because of what they're doing. But I think it happens to Peg mostly, I think. <clears throat> that sort of kind of rings a bell. I like it. I I, I... I love that kind of joke. I love oh, that. I, I love it. But who are you? Th- what have you done with that person? Yeah. Like, who are you? What have you done with my father or mother or whatever? But it's weird because the the acting style that they use, you actually, you can't tell if Bud's joking or not. <laughs> like, he almost seems like he doesn't actually recognize the woman cooking or baking, whatever. That's just, that's just selling it. It's because it's he says it's straight faced. Right. And, and there's no sarcasm. Like, uh, he don't go, oh, my God, who is this person? And they, uh, miss, have you seen my mom? Like, he doesn't say it like that. He says it like he's actually asking some stranger in his kitchen. And that's, like, the funniest approach. Like, I, <laughs> there, you know, there are obvious. I just pointed out other ways to play that. So 
he, I, I don't know. I think they chose the right one because it, it makes you wonder anyway, either way. It's an investment, Dad. Now, listen, Kelly has a big math test coming up. Now, me and the guys are getting a pool together to guess their score. Now, if I act fast, I can cover zero to 20 and we'll be rolling in dough. Put me down for 15. Right. Do you think it's true, though? Like, is is Kelly's dumbness known even to his friends? I Yeah, I'm sure he tells them. I mean, listen, he, he probably said, listen, you won't believe what I did to my sister. She thinks that uh, <laughs> that the Gilligan uh, <laughs> is – what was the uh, – they did Moby the Dick. Yeah, no, Count of Monte Crisco was Gilligan. Oh, like the Adams family. You know, so they all think she's pretty dumb at this point. Where's your jacket? Oh, I lost it. You know, I like that one, too. Hey, did you hear this? What's a degree? <laughs> oh, please let it be a homicidal maniac, please. That's close enough. Al, I know this is usually Encyclopedia Britannica hour at your house, but I was wondering if you could spare a minute to pay for the window your son broke. Wait a second, Steve. What makes you think Bud did it? Well, it happened right after I said to him, Hey, Bud, aren't you throwing those snowballs a little close to my house? Bud, what have you got to say for yourself? Kelly's failing English. I don't want to hear it. Um, I'm assuming that uh, he, there was a rock in the snowball because there's always that one jerk who puts... Now, I, I've never lived in a place where there was a lot of snow. I've, I've only like been in snow twice in my entire life and once was last year. But... I remember being like we would do mud balls and we would have mud ball fights. And there was always that one guy who would, you know, make sure you're not getting rocks. Never cared. He as fast as he could. And there'd be a rock in it. <laughs> and I'm assuming that's what happened. I remember we, for some reason I was th- me and this kid uh, on my block. We were throwing rocks back and forth at each other. And I split his head open with the rock, and it was it was this big deal they made out of it because his parents walked down the street to my house and showed my parents this kid's head. And then I was so young, I remember when I first did it to him, and then he came back out of his house and his because he had blonde hair and that was like all red. I said, "That's ketchup. That's ketchup." He's trying to get me in trouble, and. <laughs> <laughs> like it was this big moment in my life because that was where I was like kind of first officially branded uh like the a the ba- kid that no one kid? Yeah, the bad kid that like is not allowed in any of his friends' houses. And that was the day his parents stopped loving him. <laughs> now you get some scotch tape and a piece of Steve's newspaper and you tape up that window. Uh, Al, as soothing as the sound of wind whacking against the sports section may be, I was thinking more along the lines of 50 bucks for a new window. And I could use 60 for a new jacket. You know, Steve, I'm glad this happened. This came at a perfect time. Winter? No. It's time Bud learned some responsibility. You're going to learn the value of a dollar. You're going to pay for his window and your jacket. Al, why don't you just give me the 50 bucks and let Bud pay you back? Oh, no, Steve. I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him. (laughs) Okay, how about this? It's six degrees in my living room, and I think the lesson is mine to learn. I'll pay for the window myself. Well, that's fine for you, Steve, but what's in it for Bud? (laughs) Okay, I'll give him 50 bucks to forget the whole thing. (laughs) 
No deal. Now, bud, here's what we're going to do. You are going to learn the value of a dollar. You're going to come to work with me tomorrow. But, Dad, I have to... After seeing what I go through all day, you'll think twice before you lose jackets, break windows, get married, have kids. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That whole sequence was really good. Like, it was just joke after joke after joke. Like, you didn't even mention the, you know, I I would love to hear the wind smacking against the sports page, you know. And then, like, even the, it's, like, below six in my house right now or something, you know. Yeah, it's six degrees in my living room. There's so many, so many jokes there that I just, I love that sequence. That was such a good sequence. Yeah, the writing is at its peak. I mean, and it just gets better. Like, over the next two seasons, it's just going to keep increasing somehow, believe it or not. But, yeah, it's already at, like, such a great point It's just great to watch. So Marcy comes over. Peg immediately tricks her into cooking. I keep saying cooking. Who has said that in this episode that makes me feel like that's the word? Yeah, okay, Peg, yeah. She said, I'm cooking or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. right. She goes, Mom, but you're cooking. I know. (laughs) Like, And now I have it in my head. I keep saying cooking. I have to keep correcting myself because you don't cook cookies. You bake them. Even though they're called cookies. Well, I mean, is I think you're like, if, if I'm in the kitchen and, and someone's like, what are you doing? And I say cooking. I don't think anyone's going to come in there and be like, uh, no, you're baking. I think that if you're cooking a cake, they're going to say you're baking. <laughs> I'm in here cooking yeah. a cake. It does sound weird. It does sound weird. Uh, so she immediately. Oh, by the way, did you see the. um? Do you know the brand of cookies that Peg's making? No, I couldn't see it. What was it? Oh, my God. On the box, which they made uh, at a 45-degree angle clear, it said uh, Pig Batch. Pig Batch. <laughs> that was the name of the, the, the box. I like I like Peggy asking all these questions like, what's a tibibus spoon? Tibibus. <laughs> what's a tibibus? Yeah, and, and that's after Steve observes every all the horrible parenting of Al with Bud, the whole ordeal that just went down, starting with you're going to walk over there with tape and newspaper, and then hearing what he says, you'll learn, don't get married, this, that, the other thing. And then Steve just like staring at him just to look at Peg after that and hear that question. So he's Dude. just like... <laughs> I, I give props for Steve for understanding what the hell she meant because she, she was like, what's a Tibbles? I was like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you would have been like, did you guys pick that know. up? Like, did you know what she was talking about when she said that? No, I, I, don't, I don't. I I grew up to be a man. <laughs> no, you didn't. We all know that's a lie. <laughs> oh, sh- wow. Justin just busting me. But Jerry, you might as well become a chef. <laughs> oh, I'm horrible in the kitchen. I'm Peggy's better than me in the kitchen. I would burn a hot pocket. Wow. I've heard you burned water before. That was weird. <laughs> so <laughs> we talk about the sadistic uh rants that Marcy goes on. The most recent one was I'll see you in court. Now I I chalk this right up there. It's very passive aggressive and or subtle, but she uh, pulls a hair out of the bowl of cookies that she's, like, mashing. She says something about it, and Peg just says, um, oh, that must have dropped on the floor or whatever. Marcy takes such joy in 
mashing it back in for oh, the people. It's so gross. Right. Like, uh, well, it's two instances because the first one is the oh, I dropped that on because she asked him if she's making chocolate chip and she's like, no, I just dropped that one on the floor and she has this gross that look. And then why the. When Peggy goes and sits at a table, I think Marcy, that's when Marcy gets a little irritated that she got tricked into doing this. And then okay. the whole hair thing goes, and she does she does that evil little smirk and just throws it back in like, well, everyone's going to know you made them, and there's going to be hair in it. <laughs> like, she doesn't even care about the poor, like, what if she's like, if she would have loved the person who got that cookie? Now she feels so bad. That's why I can't. That's why I stopped putting razor blades in my Halloween candy I give to the kids. Because what if one of these kids I like and I forget which candy I did that to? I'm just hoping one year you'll stop trying to put things inside kids. Whoa. <laughs> Marcy gives probably the greatest, one of the, I'd say her top five jokes since she's been on the show. So what do you need these cookies for anyway? Oh, it's mother daughter career day at Kelly's school. Mm-hmm. What are you going to wear? Why would I go to career day? Well, you have a career. You're a homemaker. And a homemaker is a very undervalued profession. You should go and speak about the things you do for your family, like... (laughs) You did give birth, didn't you? I guess. You know, I was so deep under, I could have laid eggs. Yes, well, Steve and I have a theory about that, but... <laughs> and the beggar's response was, I think. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't even know. Like, she's like, for all I know, I could have uh, went laid an egg. And what, and Marcy said, I, we have a theory about that. I didn't understand <laughs> what that meant. Oh, God. She's just saying these two kids were in no way spawned by any, like normal methods okay (laughs) that's what i thought i just didn't know if it was something bigger than that yeah like there's no way these kids are straight up human right they have to be animals but uh yeah like like talk about two great back-to-back jokes like saying to right to peg's face that she has contributed nothing to her family besides giving birth i mean that is like the 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 biggest burn like imagine someone saying that to another chick in real life like if my wife went over one of my buddies houses and said that to their wife that would be like insane i'd be like oh my god that that friendship's over marcy eventually talks peg into going to career day and (laughs) the next scene is peg in kelly uh, a new set by the way kelly's classroom they somehow get the couch (laughs) The Bundy's couch, which leads me to believe that they must have like set those walls up around maybe the reel where they where that is shot or something. I can't imagine they moved the couch very far, but But my question in real life, how did they get like if if the episode is real, right? How, how did the hell they get, get the couch? The couch like great visual gag, but I'm just like uh, how? Like she cause she brought the couch, the table, and the remote. <laughs> right, yeah. How did you who hauled the couch up the stairs? I'm sorry, and a pair of Al's pants with a wallet inside of it. <laughs> like, wow, that's a lot of thinking. Like, yeah, how the hell did they? So, who threw the couch in the back of a pickup truck, drove it over to the school? Al was okay with this. They hauled it up the front stairs. Like, that is insane to even wrap your mind around. But. 
it pays off in such a great visual gag. I mean, if if Peg was just sitting in like a classroom chair, would this have had any impact on you guys? I mean, wouldn't it have been so flat? Yeah, this is definitely one of those times where the payoff is is so good that I'll I'll forgive it. Yeah, it's superior to the logistics of it. Yes. That's that's the time. This for for comedy 101, guys. This is where that is okay. I mean, because it's so funny. Like, what else does Peg do besides sit on the couch all day? Like, it's all <laughs> the comedy never ends with it. I mean, another great lesbian joke. Peggy, uh, Peggy got uh, detention for smoking in the bathroom, but the, the gym teacher said if she'd come over and comb her hair with it. Then um, Kelly was like, "Oh, if you go do that, it'll get you out of detention." You've helped me in a lot of ways. Do you remember when I was seven and I was crying because Bobby Sheckman liked Terry Mall just because she was a blonde? And you ran right out and bought me my first bottle of bleach. <laughs> I almost forgot about that. Honey, what is your real hair color? <laughs> I don't know. What color is yours? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's times like these I wish we'd taken pictures. <laughs> like she, con- she never stopped dyeing her hair, correct? Christina Applegate? No, I don't think... I think she's stuck with that blonde. I think she's still rocking blonde to this day. Yeah, to this day. She never stopped. Just like we had to post pictures of Al and Steve's hair updated on our Facebook uh, group page to see if they ever lost their hair after we did... Uh... Here's my question, though. What What's up with Peggy saying that Peg dyes her hair also and doesn't know her own hair color? Like, I never once thought that Peg wasn't a natural redhead, so that means Peg's been dyeing her hair red? Which is weird because it's like natural looking red. It's not like, you know, the the fake red. So it's like why like that like that just seems like an odd hair color choice to go to. Yeah, no one dyes their hair red, right? Yeah, like it's usually like redheads don't want to have red hair, so they'll dye it like black or something, but Right. Well in reality, uh Katie Seagull was wearing a wig, so that actually wasn't even real hair. Well, it could have been, but it probably donated or whatever, you know? Yeah, I just thought that one that part of the line was kind of weird. Though it is nice to know what started Kelly's dying her hair obsession. That makes this a... Uh, what's it Landmark called? episode? A landmark, because we learned how Kelly... <laughs> Historical significance. <laughs> it does. Like, if you were on, like, a Wikipedia page, you'd be like, this is the episode where we found out where... <laughs> Kelly does. You know what though? I was on the 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 Married with Children wiki. They don't have that listed. They have like nothing for this episode. Well, that's because not a lot of people do that yet. (laughs) Jerry, don't you know we're the most thorough? Come on. Yeah. Now that's a sad, sad, sad statement. Hey, listen. We try (laughs) here. Hey, listen, do you think we would do this show if we had nothing to offer? This is I'm I'm putting man hours into this show. Come on. That's true. Oh, listen, let's go have ourselves a real mother-daughter day. We'll get some popcorn, feed the pigeons, and then walk by a construction site and make them hoot like jackals. <laughs> Too cool for school, oh, Mom. Mom. Hey, excuse me. What do you do? Oh, uh, I don't know. Nothing, really. I watch TV. Well, then how do you make money? Easy. My husband has a job. He brings home a paycheck. And what he doesn't give to me, I take. <laughs> wow. Hey, Becky, come here. You got to hear this. 
there's a judge and an astronaut. I can tell you that. Yeah, an astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> and and they just go up to him and ask questions, and nobody seems to want to ask Peg anything until one girl just for some reason takes an interest and says, "Well, what do you do exactly?" And then she she explains like you know nothing. And all of a sudden, they get fascinated by this because I guess the appeal of doing like the appeal of effort effortlessness is pretty appealing to the world. So once you you show them that hey, you don't really have to do anything, then that really piques people's interest. Like I wish we could go back to the times where. Only one parent had to work. You could support a whole household being a shoe salesman. I would love for us to go back there because that, that it would be a lot. There'd be a lot better things in this world. Alex could probably actually make money as a podcast producer in that yeah. world. Well, if we get anybody to go on the Patreon, we could. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is like there's like a, what's it called? Those uh, tumbleweeds blowing through or the <laughs> barren wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you can't go through life asking for money and not doing anything to earn it your mom already cornered that market <laughs> i just want to show you where the money comes from now, you remember that 320 pound behemoth that orbited her way in here about an hour ago <laughs> the one with the chicken wing between her teeth <laughs> no the other one now that was a 20 dollars sale that means a solid dollar 97 for me after taxes, Social Security, and your mom, I just earned myself a cool nickel. <laughs> you know, I never figured that out before. What the hell am I doing? Other people make money. <laughs> oh, we're not talking about me. We're talking about you. You're living in a time of possibilities for a young, smart guy like you that are limitless. Why, you could... A nickel. <laughs> That's what I make? What the hell keeps me going? Dad. Oh, wait a second. But Dad needs a moment here. A nickel? It can't be right. It just can't be. When that, like, that might be the funniest moment to me in the entire series so far. Oh yeah, like, when he just like it hold up, but killed I me. Think. I was, he was like, he, he would start talking anyway. But really, a nickel? A nickel? How do I live? How do I go on? Like he's like, I never broke it down before. <laughs> Dude, it's like the greatest thing ever because he's like, you just can't get over it. It's like, yeah. what? It's, seriously, a nickel? Like that's how much? Really? It's almost as if um, the show is going, look, we we know y'all realize that there's no way he could actually pull this off making what he makes. And we're just going to put a little joke in there for it. I don't know if people were thinking about that when they were watching it. Because I know when I was watching Friends, at no point was I like, how do they afford any of this? Like, you don't when – when I was younger, I didn't think about it. Now, now I want something and I'm just like, how do they afford to do that? Like, the Goldbergs have a, a house that's better than Al and Peggy's, but, like, Al's a shoe salesman, and the, and the dad in the Goldberg owns a furniture business. Right. Yeah, if if Al's salary really applied to their life, it, in 30 years, which is a normal mortgage or whatever, he, he'd probably pay for the staircase. <laughs> like... <laughs> He could not buy a house. He could never afford it. It's just like the craziest thing. So, yeah, that was definitely like looking right at us and saying, hey, for you guys who are going to podcast about this in 28 years, <laughs> we're in on the joke, too. So don't think you're ahead of us, buddy. 
But yeah, they were speaking directly to the three of us, oddly enough. So Al earns a cool nickel. Is this the legendary Terry Weigel? Is it her final appearance? Uh, I think so, actually. I think it is. I remember reading that she had three appearances. One was when Al and Steve were betting on the horse. One was blah, 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 blue, blee, blee, blah. That's a good one. (laughs) My mom, the mom. Oh, I got it. The Great Escape, right? Yeah, it was The Great Escape. (laughs) Ah, Well, the important thing is that you learn responsibility. And that your old dad is a little more than a ready teller who doles out money anytime anybody asks. Excuse me. Would you be able to spare some cab fare? Absolutely. (laughs) You know, cabs are dangerous these days. Let me get you a limo. Great. And who might you be? I might be the son of a rich man, but fate stepped in and dealt me a tragic hand. Don't talk to him, he loses jackets. I'm sorry I had to ask, but would you believe it? I lost my purse. Oh, well, let's retrace your steps. Uh, let's go back to your uh, shower this morning. <laughs> what were you wearing? Well, nothing. Uh-huh. And uh, what kind of soap were you using? <laughs> Dad, let me speak to you for a I'm second. I'm with a customer. <laughs> Dad. I don't get this. I lost a jacket. I got a lecture. She loses her purse, she gets 20 bucks. How come I have to learn responsibility and she doesn't? Son, look at that. <laughs> when you have that kind of skill, you don't need responsibility. <laughs> but I got an idea. Me too, Dad. No. <laughs> It's obvious to me that you're not going to learn anything looking at me. I'm not looking at you, Dad. <laughs> well, then at least listen and don't block my view. It's, it's just funny that her last appearance is her asking for money to pay for car to leave. Oh, she needs money to leave, yeah. Yeah, and it's just funny how that lines up so well. Yeah, this is a sad moment. Like, she was kind of our chick on this show. Uh, we never really had a regular girl. And it was always uh, very nice to see her. Can I show you some of our bras? <laughs> That's still classic. Yeah. I wrote to her on Twitter mentioning, like, it would be great to interview you, this and that. But I don't know. Twitter's weird, man. Who knows if these people see what you write or whatever. Or if they even run their own Twitter. Yeah. So Is she active I'm... on Twitter? Like, does she post stuff? Yeah. Sorry, guys, we got no response on that. We sort of did a little bio piece on her. We gave you, I think, what was at the end of, um, I think at the season two wrap-up show, we did like a bio on her. And yeah, this is it. So this is uh, our girl's last appearance. She asked, and it couldn't be greater because, number one, she had a ton of more lines. It was actually cool to see her acting, and I think... That uh, it was really good. I think she's a really good actress. I'm actually surprised that she just kind of gave up on it and just went straight to porn and gave up the legitimate acting. You see, she has skills. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that it's so cool when you have a reoccurring, you know, character, especially if it's just, you know, like a hot chick. You know, she just pops in every once in a while. Um, and it did feel like we kind of got to, like, she was our girl because we kind of, 
noticed that she was returning a lot. So it's sad, you know? It sucks that she this is her last appearance. And it makes this joke work, her coming in and going, I'm sorry that I have to ask you, but can I get cat bear? Because it's not just a random hot chick. It is a hot chick that Al has interacted with multiple times before. He he actually knows who she is. Yeah, he thinks about her nightly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, every night he thinks of her. So when she walks in, he has to recognize her, right? Yeah, she's still not as hot as my chick from season two, though. Ooh. Well. But you're going to have the same thing I had as a kid. You're going to open your own lemonade stand. Nothing better on a hot day. Dad, it's 12 degrees. <laughs> then why are we both sweating? <laughs> Did you oh, ever have father-son moments like that, like where your dad was okay with the both of you oogling over a hot chick? Not, not till way later in life, but not at that age, no. No? Nope. It was more like in, like uncles and stuff, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Yeah, they're always willing to do that, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What if your husband is watching something stupid like sports and he has the remote control? Oh, that's good. (laughs) Ah, an advanced question. This requires planning. As I explained in the section on how to use your TV guide, when you fold down the pages of what you want to see, scan for those nasty sporting events that can kill your evening. That day, you set the channel for what you want and then remove the batteries from the remote control. (laughs) Most men will only push a remote button four times before giving up. And they won't get up to change the station manually because they're too tired from work. (laughs) Now, the girl who asks that remote control question, her name is Julie Condra. She's actually in a lot of stuff. Um, Justin, you might recognize her, uh, from the Wonder Years as Madeline Adams, but for Married with Children fans, you'll find this pretty cool. She's Becky in this episode, My Mom, The Mom, but she actually comes back in season eight in 1994 as Crystal Brooks in the episode Valentine's Day Massacre. So that's pretty cool when you got like returning people. And she was in that weird TV show, Weird Science, the one that they kind of made after the movie. But she's famous for Nixon, Crying Freeman, both 1995, and then Road to Redemption in 2001 with Billy Graham. But yeah, so she returns as Crystal Brooks in season eight. Judge Spivak. What about meals? How do they get done? (laughs) Hello, do you deliver? (laughs) So what you're saying is that work is stupid. Just for women. (laughs) No, what I'm saying is why should we age and sweat and die early? That's what men are for. (laughs) Kelly, your mom is the greatest. And where does she learn to make such good cookies? She tricked a neighbor into baking them. Oh, my gosh. Everybody, did you hear that? She tricked a neighbor into making these cookies. Peggy, 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 Peggy. <laughs> so, Peg teaches the girls all how to be housewives from hell. And I gotta say, it's great. I, 
you know, there are times where I'm barely hanging on to these jokes, but then as I reflect on them almost instantly, I do realize it's all they're all pretty strong. Well, it it makes me think about how how good Peggy is at this. Like when she's talking about the remote thing, well, that you got to take a little work. You got to take out the batteries earlier, all this stuff. Like it reminded me of when she wanted a um, VCR and she was like and she stuffed the the paper right in between the seat and she was explaining to Marcy like and it just goes, man, how often does she spend her time thinking of clever, elaborate ways to trick Al into doing something that she wants? I guess as much as we spend on learning our jobs. Yeah, pretty much. It's time for no man to take a little break in the Jiggly Room. I'm the DJ, and I'm going to play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Marry With Children. trouble I've seen nobody knows but Jesus nobody knows the trouble I've seen glory hallelujah I couldn't believe that astronaut 40 years old and she didn't even know who Oprah was <laughs> Spend some time on Earth, lady. You know, Mom, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. I want to do nothing. I want to be nothing. <laughs> oh, Kelly, you make me so proud. I just wish your father could be here to hear that. Dude, that's... Oh, my God, it's so awful. <laughs> Yeah, what a message. Like, I wonder if the writers cared about the message they're sending out. What are they doing selling lemonade? It must be five below out there. Well, it's something about a lesson. I couldn't really understand Bud. He had a lemon stuck to his lips. <laughs> Bud and Al come in, and he's got to heat up a lemon to unfreeze it from Bud, who's wearing Al's jacket, so Al's not wearing a jacket. And then they drop a quarter, peg and uh, Kelly go take the quarter and go out shopping and they state how they're not going to get him a jacket because now he's inside. What do you think about that though? Kelly, you know, had the presence of mind to care about her brother enough to ponder the idea of whether or not we should buy Bud a jacket. Like that's kind of weird because they're usually always, you know, cat fighting, cats and dogs or whatever. They kind of bounce back and forth between the helping each other out and not helping each other out, but... You're right. This was definitely said just for the joke. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you learned a couple of valuable lessons. Number one, never suck on a lemon when it's five degrees. <laughs> Number two, look at yourself. You're cold, you're hungry, you're beginning to stoop. You're in a quarter and the women took it. Congratulations, bud. Today you are a man. <laughs> No Ma'am will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. 
Just type in www.facebook.com slash groups slash Married with Children podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to channels and search up Married with Children podcast. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode. Hey guys, make sure you join all of our social media, interact with us, be in the nudie bar with us, and a big announcement, today is December 13th, but over the weekend, we uploaded our first exclusive Patreon content. Uh, We did a video commentary on He Thought He Could, the first episode of Season 3, one of my personal favorites. We have one Patreon uh, patron at this point, Chris Nonis, and he got to pick which episode we did a video commentary on. So you can watch the episode along with us, and that is exclusive to patrons of the show. Uh, for only $5 a month, you have access to all of our bonus content, and we didn't have any yet, so we just did our first one, we got a bunch of specials lined up, we're probably going to do about two commentaries a month, minimum, most likely, if not, we'll do one commentary minimum, and then some other kind of special, and you're really helping out the show, you know, a lot of things cost a lot of money, a lot of this takes a lot of time. Uh, the, the first thing all the money's going to is that great banner that Josh James did up. You know, I gave him a sketch of what I wanted the show banner to be. He brought it to life. I'm sure most of you have seen it. It looks amazing. <clears throat> and that cost a lot of money. So that's where most of the first <laughs> Patreon uh, donations will go to, you know, uh, replenishing that. And um, you get to get all of our exclusive content. So, guys, if you want to check out all of our exclusive stuff and become a patron of the show, support our show, go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash Married with Children podcast. And you will have full access to all of our exclusive content. So, um, we are rating my mom, the mom, how many jackets out of five are you losing this week for my mom, the mom, Justin? Uh, I really, really like this episode. To me, I thought that it was funny all the way through. I really liked how there was like two stories that were kind of involved with each other. You know, not the same thing, um, but sort of like a in relation it was about you know money like one was about not earning money and one was about earning money you know what i mean and it was it was cool to see both of them being told at the same time uh, which we don't get a whole lot in in this show so far is you know like uh subplots and things like that um, well, we've, had this, we've had this happen a couple of times but it's usually like a uh al and steve and marcy and peggy double storyline yeah, yeah. But not with the kids yeah, it was cool seeing each parent take off, you know, you know, take off with one of the kids and kind of teach their own values to them. I, I really, really, really liked that. You know, I thought it was I thought it was a cool system. And honestly, 
had probably one of the funniest jokes, not even one of, it was the funniest joke for me. Uh, when, you know, Al found out what he actually made off of the commission. Like I just, it, it worked so perfectly. Just the facial expressions, just the way that he kept coming back to it. Like he like truly couldn't believe it. It was just so good. And, um, Everything really like the, the the whole sequence with the the window was phenomenal. Um, it's it's what it's definitely one of my favorite episodes I've ever seen. So I'm, I'm gonna come in at a five on this baby, five uh, hidden sweatshirts or, or lost sweatshirts, sweat jackets, uh, lost jackets, jackets. <laughs> wow, awesome, dude! I'm glad you liked it, Jerry. How many jackets are you losing this week over my mom, the mom, out of five? Out of out of five, so I definitely think it was a really funny episode. Um, and I don't know how see if y'all understand this, but I think this is an average episode, but with speed. Like it's so fast, everything happens really, really fast, and like every section has really good jokes. And it's definitely one that I can see myself going back and watching, but I don't think I would ever fully remember like to go watch this episode. There's nothing that highly stands out to me because they don't really go do anything crazy. There's no like crazy thing. We're going to be like, Oh my God, do y'all remember when all three girls line synced up their periods? What about when you found out when Kelly dyed her hair or that's, that's historically important, but you're not going to be like, Oh, you know what episode I want to watch? The one where we learn about the (laughs) first time she dyed her hair. Like, I'm not going to remember that. And like he said, like Justin said, I love the double storyline, especially the Peggy and Kelly one. I like a little bit more because the Al and Bud one, a lot of the jokes are just like they kind of repeat it every time they get whoa, back to whoa. it. Don't forget, dude, Terry White Gal. Why are we both sweating? Come on. I just feel like neither storyline actually go anywhere. It just kind of like ends on both sides of it. Where I guess you could say the Al and Bud kind of fail on their side, which I guess they were meant to fail, and Peggy and Kelly succeed, if you can call what happened with them succeeding. But like I said, the whole episode is really funny. There's nothing overly negative to point out if you can find anything negative at all. So it was to me, it was a well-written, average episode, but it tips itself over because of how fast it is. So I give it – I lost four jackets – during this episode, four out of five. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, I, everything is strong. I mean, there's not a single like bad moment. He starts off with the iconic image of peg. You go to the Steve's window getting broken. Like Justin said, it's super strong exchange. The absurdity of Al thinking that the solution is a newspaper and tape. I mean, you get Terry Wigel's last episode Peg having a cook and she just goes ahead with it. Then it turns around, gives you something else completely. Like you thought that would be the whole uh, point of her episode. And then all of a sudden, no, we're not even worried about the cookies anymore. It's not even brought up anymore. It's all about me embracing the nothing I do. And just the absurdity of Peg even embracing that is, is humor in itself that you sort of kind of forget is humor because she's just going along with it as if it's legitimate, <clears throat> which is just more absurdity. So, I mean, it just it just hits on all points, even the subconscious ones that we're not even, like, out loud thinking about. Even, like, maybe how the hell's the couch in school or whatever. Uh, Al realizing <clears throat> how, you know, Peg 
can't stop reminding Al about uh, his failures in the monetary field. But man, when he actually realizes what happened, I mean, it's just gold. Uh, and to hear, and we hear, he makes a nickel. It even makes it more absurd that he has this house he has, and he buys sixty dollars jackets. Like, how long does he have to work before he could buy a jacket for sixty dollars? I don't know. It's just like it's just the craziest thing. Ends off good. Peg and Kelly have a great moment together. That's nice. Alan Bud have a great moment together. He says, "Now you're a man." So there's some kind of bonding going on with the two of them. Kelly embraces her mom and says, I want to be nothing like you, <clears throat> which actually turns out not to be true. Kelly actually uh, capitalizes on her looks and goes to modeling school. So she has the more Bundy ambition. The Bundy bounce. Yeah, the Bundy bounce. So she has more ambition than Peg, which is nice. It would be weird to have gone on for the future episodes and <clears throat> Kelly just hangs out on the couch with her mom or whatever. I mean, I, I don't even know what that would have led to, but it's definitely better that Kelly has better, a stronger sense of ambition for life and success. So, guys, that was my mom, the mom. So tune in next week for... I'm going to set this up. I haven't watched this in 10 years probably this episode has no appeal to me whatsoever i just like vaguely remember it it's called can't dance don't ask me kelly must join the tap dance club or get kicked out of school all i remember is her dancing with this guy who i think is like a janitor or something and i don't know for some reason that just overwhelms my memory of this episode, and it never appealed to me. So, in all my years of owning these DVDs, I have never watched this. What What do you do that is so bad that you can get kicked out of school, but it's not so bad that it can be redeemed by joining the tap dance club? <clears throat> I don't know. Like, what, like... Is this another thing that's like, you can get out of detention if you let the gym teacher touch your hair? Because that's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, guys. We'll see if any opinions have changed for me personally. I know these two guys have never even seen this. So this should be an interesting episode coming up next week. Tune in. We'll see you then. 